Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Aquaphoenix Scientific. Aquaphoenix, a manufacturer of test kits, reagents, and chemical feed and control equipment. Additionally, they are a distributor of thousands of products for top industry brands for the industrial water treatment market, making them the true one source for literally anything you might need. Folks, how many purchase orders do you need to write in order to get everything you need for your field test kit? Well, with Aquaphoenix, that is just one call to them, one purchase order, one shipment, and you can have everything you need from all the different manufacturers. Give the fine folks at Aquaphoenix a call today or visit them by going to scalinguph2o.com forward slash APS. Welcome to Scaling Up H2O, the podcast where we scale up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. I'm Trace Blackmore, the host of the Scaling Up H2O podcast. And everybody out there in the Scaling Up Nation, how is your year going so far? I know. We're off to a short start already. We've got so many events that have taken place, no matter where you live. But I think the important thing to focus is how are we doing as individuals? And individually, how are we doing in supporting our fellow other individuals? So we are all part of a community. I think more than anything else, uh, we've proven that the water treatment community is a very lonely community because of how much time we spend on our own. And we have proven with the Scaling Up Nation that we are not alone. We're all doing a very similar job, a very important job. We're all dealing with water, the most valuable resource in the world. And we have a community where we can get together and we know that we are not alone. So I want everybody to focus. How do we make that community better? How do we make our neighbor better? How do we make whatever we are working on better? When we can focus on what we can directly influence and that becomes the focus, it is amazing how that turns the brain on so we can think of more things like that to do. I've mentioned on several episodes that something that I like to do is, well, actually, I'm going to admit, something I do not like to do at all is journal, but something I like the result of because in the beginning, I had to force myself to do it was, and I won't really call it journaling, and I've talked about this on the show before. It is a tool that I use each and every day to get me in the right mindset. It's a very simple tool. You get up in the morning, you ask yourself three questions. When you answer those three questions, you get on with your day. I put it right by my nightstand. So it's the first thing that I do when I get up. And then at the very end of the day, you ask yourself two questions, and I answer those two questions before I go to sleep. Now, what those questions are designed to do is to get you to start thinking about the very things that we are talking about. And when you program your brain that you are looking for those kinds of things, it just changes how you take in all the stimulus that we get 
throughout our day. So if you don't have a copy of the journal, and, and my goal is not to sell journals to you, my goal is to give you tools to help you with what we're talking about, but you can go to an affiliate link that we have set up already for you, scalinguph2o.com forward slash journal. Real simple journal. I have learned that if I do not keep it proximate to where I go to sleep and wake up, which normally are the same place, uh, I won't do it. So I've got a special pen that I use just for that journal, and it's always with me. And then, folks, uh, when I do travel, it goes with me. So I'm curious. Try it out. Let me know what you think. I know a lot of people have heard about this on the show. They've done it, and they've had the similar experience that I have. Well, a couple of things I want to remind you about. We have another hang in conjunction with the Association of Water Technologies coming up February 11th. That's going to be at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Folks, I love doing these hangs. It's great when we're able to get together in person, but we don't know exactly when that time is going to be. This is allowing us to see each other, to talk with each other, figure out what's going on between each other, maybe share some ideas in lieu of everything that's going on. So if you want to register for that, and I certainly hope that you do, you can go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash hang, H-A-N-G. And again, that's going to be February 11th at 6 p.m. Eastern time for exactly one hour. Now, our friends at AWT should have sent out a copy of the analyst to you, for those of you that are Association of Water Technologies members. And if you have not received that, look out for that. And you can find a copy always by going to the members page and logging on. Now, I want to talk about resolutions. I don't like resolutions. You've heard me on the show say that is not the way to set goals. The way to set goals, I really feel, is to look into the future, figure out what do you want to change? What do you want to achieve? You have to mentally picture that and you have to want it. There has to be some sort of gain, some sort of reward at the end of all of that that is going to excite you. If you can put all of that wrapped up in one package, that is going to allow you to figure out what you need to do and give you the motivation to do it. One of the tools I like to use for that is the book, The 12-Week Year. So The 12-Week Year explains how the mind works. It explains how we should be planning, but what it does over any other book that I have read so far is it tells us how to execute. It tells us what we need to do to make sure each and every week we're whittling off a little bit more to get to that chocolatey center that we are all trying to get to for that goal. So I want everybody to, to think about when they make a goal, is it something that they are really excited about achieving? And that excitement, when is that going to take place? And uh, my guest today is going to talk about uh, fitness of us, of the individual body, things that we do. Of course, if our body can't do the things that we need to do, we're not going to be able to do much. So I know you're going to enjoy that. 
But I can't help but thinking that when we have a goal that we are going to lose weight, gain muscle, be better in a sport, whatever that is, that that goal, the thing that we're striving to achieve takes a very long time to achieve. And when you first work out, it's not fun. Let's face it. It's not fun. You have to force yourself to do it. And if your goal is to look uh, a certain way, to be a certain weight, it's going to take a while for you to get there. And if that's the only goal that you have that you're driving towards, well, folks, that's not enough motivation. So something that I heard that Jerry Seinfeld did that I think applies really well to this is the fact that he wanted to write jokes. He wanted to be on comedy specials. He wanted to have the career that pretty much he had. And what he did, he said, I am going to write jokes. And I think it was for 10 minutes or so, or I, I don't remember the time, but he, every single day, he was going to take time that he was going to write jokes. And he had a calendar. And the calendar, as soon as he wrote the jokes and he was finished, he would go over to the calendar and he would put an X on it. And that was the beginning of what he called the chain. Now, his goal was to have the successful career, to be on all these shows, to have all of this material so he could be relevant when he talked. Well, that was going to take forever for him to accomplish. So his first immediate goal was not to break the chain. And when you look up at his calendar, it was X and X and X and X. And that first goal of not breaking that chain soon became, I'm going to have the material for this. I'm going to be on this show. I'm going to be able to do that. So I use that example because I think it's very easy to uh, picture in your mind. And plus, if you watch Seinfeld, you can actually see a calendar with X's on the back of it. And now you're in on a little secret. That's exactly what that was. So my guest today is going to talk about exercise and, and all those various things. How do we keep ourselves healthy? If we say we want to lose X amount of pounds, that's not going to motivate us in the first couple of weeks. However, if we say we want to exercise X days a week and we keep a chain, just like Jerry Seinfeld did, the goal could be let's not break the chain. And that is a goal that we can achieve. All right. So with all that, let me get to my guest. So I want to let you know that I was in a car accident in uh, earlier of 2020. Could 2020 get any worse? Come on now. So and with that, I, I hurt my back. Never been in a car accident. Never had any back issues. Well, well folks, I, I didn't wish for it, but I certainly got it. And one of the good things that came out of that was I went into physical therapy to treat it. And Dr. Andrew Nieberg is my physical therapist. And we just became really good friends, very knowledgeable about the entire body and is just a, a really great guy. He used to have a podcast of his own and we started talking and I invited him right here to meet you guys, the Scaling Up Nation. So here he is, Dr. Andrew Nieberg. My lab partner today is Dr. Andrew Nieberg, physical therapist of the stars. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate the kind introduction. Just thank you so much for, I'm honored to be here today um, to have someone as awesome as yourself to invite me in. 
So uh, Scaling Up Nation, if, if you don't know, a couple of months ago, I was in a car accident and Andrew has been one of the people that has been directly responsible for getting me back to where I was before that accident. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, no, no pun intended, right? Getting you back. <laughs> yeah, it so was I, a back injury, a exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, around it was Father's Day actually. I was uh, I was I was in a car. I was stopped. I was making a left hand turn, and there was uh, a young driver who decided she wanted to look at her phone more than operate her vehicle, and my vehicle stopped her. And you only had it for how many days? Well, now you got to bring that topic up. So I was very fortunate this year. I purchased a, a Tesla Model S. I picked it up and five days later, this happened. So um, not in the plan, but uh, you know what? I got to meet you out of that. So not all bad. And I got to meet you too. So I'm thankful for that. Well, Andrew, I know there's a a lot of things that we can talk about today. I've been in this industry for a very long time, and it is very easy for us to do something and get hurt. And now we're paying the price of doing something the wrong way weeks later on down the road. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about being safe. But before we do, I would like for you to tell the Scaling Up Nation a little bit about yourself. Of course. Um, so I graduated physical therapy school in May of 2016. I've been practicing in outpatient orthopedics for, what is that, four and a half years, coming up from five years now. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, see a bunch of different people every single day, all different injuries, body parts, car accidents. See a lot of spine stuff, uh, a lot of neck and back patients in our clinic. And uh, I mean, yeah, I just other than that, other than doing that on a daily basis for my job. Um, I love, you know, working with cars, working on cars, love listening to some good music, staying active, staying healthy, working out. Andrew, I know you know a little bit about the water treatment industry, what I do from our conversations that we've had. You've observed a little bit about what we do in the warehouse. So I'm curious, knowing what you do about what we do as industrial water treaters on a daily basis, what are some of the concerns that you have and what should we be doing so we don't hurt ourselves? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of what happens uh, in, in the industry that you're in, because um, there, there's some sitting involved in sure. your job, correct? Lots so, of driving. Lots of driving. So a lot of people, j- just not even in your industry, in ter- but in general, are just sitting a lot throughout the day. So in, in, in your field, they're doing a lot of driving and then they have to go out and after driving, you know, let's be honest, after the age of like 30, you know, we start getting a little stiff when we get out of the car, if we've been in the car for a while. Um, and as you get older, that doesn't get better. So when you're getting out of the car and then you're lifting these, you know, 40, 50, 60 gallon, what would you call that? A bucket? Or pail. Pail. Bucket, yeah. You're grabbing those pails and you're transporting them and stuff, you know, and if you're moving too quick or say, say you're not a very... Um, healthy or active individual and you're not used to doing that twisting and bending and lifting all combined at the same time, that's where we can get into trouble. Um, and especially not using good mechanics when lifting stuff up as well. All right. So after all of that being said, what are some things that we can do to better prepare our bodies so we don't get hurt on the job? So the, the biggest, the number one thing to me, in my opinion, is just staying active, staying healthy, eating the right things. So a good combination of a, a good diet and you want to keep your core nice and strong, do a combination of not only just 
you know, cardiovascular exercise, but also doing like some core strengthening and training and, and weight training, resistance training as well. So, you know, if you can imagine, a lot of people will come into the clinic and tell me, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm exercising, I'm exercising, you know, I'm doing the recumbent bike at home or I'm walking, but then they're not doing any lifting and they go out and they lift something, and they get hurt. It's because they haven't done any lifting. So if you're, a lot of people will try to, you know, de- debunk the myth of, you know, oh, like, you know, doing deadlifts or doing squats or doing a particular exercise is, is a bad thing for your body. It's only going to hurt, hurt you and break down your, your bones and your joints. It's going to cause harm. But when, in reality, doing all that lifting is only going to help strengthen you so you can be good for the long term. So the, I think the more resistance training and strength training that you do can help prevent, and obviously what done with good form, can prevent a lot of these injuries that happen not only in your workplace, but in all workplaces. So let's break that down a little bit. So you, you started off talking about what we're putting into our bodies. So there's so many diets out there. There's the the standard American diet, which is abbreviated as, as SAD for some reason. Um, so so we've got what, you know, people that probably are just eating whatever is out there, not thinking about it. Then we have some people that are watching calories. We have other people that are watching fat. We have other people that are watching carbs and probably everything all between. Yeah. So when it comes to diet, what should we be looking at? What should we be doing? Yeah, I'm, th- that's a good question, Trace. I, the way I'm going to answer this question is probably not the way you would expect, but you need to find what works for you. There is, if someone is going to tell you that there's one single diet that's going to work for everyone, they're they're lying. So, for me, going through a lot of a lot of weight loss journeys and ups and downs myself, you have to find what works for you. Some stuff worked for me. Some stuff didn't work for me. So. There's really isn't a good answer for that. You know, for me, just recently cutting out a lot of like, you know, sugar and processed foods and eating like less dairy worked for me. Now, that doesn't work for all people. Some people, you know, do the, you know, eat more fruits and vegetables and lean protein. Some, some people can't do that or it doesn't work for their body and they have to have, you know, more complex carbs and more stuff, you know, involved with that. I'm an avid believer of, you know, you have to have the best rule is using that, that 80, 20 rule. Like you have to have 15, 20% of your diet of flexibility that of the food you're eating. You have to, you know, enjoy that ice cream every, every once in a while. You know, you can't get used to eating it all the time, but you have to find something that works for you. It, there's no like perfect cookie cutter diet out there for everyone. Would you say that that's why most people fail because they think they have to be on a hundred percent and they don't give themselves leeway to, would you call that cheating? Yeah, and, and I, I, I don't like that word cheating because it just sounds like such a negative word. I, I prefer it like treating. Um, you know, you're, you're, you've been good for the, you know, say you're doing the 80 20, so you've been good for five and a half days a week, six days a week. And that one day, you know, you don't completely overload on your diet and just eat like, you know, two whole pizzas and, and go crazy. Um, but yeah, I think that's why a lot of people fail just because they, they beat themselves up mentally about it. Um, and, and they think that they have to be, you know, perfect all the time. Or like, you know, my friend Sue did it and she lost this much weight. So I got to do exactly what she did to be. No, that's not true. Like you have to do what works best for you. So you got, you honestly have to experiment. I mean, you really do. So a few months ago, I read an article about brain power and the number one tip that they gave was you have to be hydrated. And they had all these statistics that the standard American is way 
uh, under drinking water. They're very dehydrated. And I'm assuming that being hydrated isn't just important for thinking, it's important for health. So what should we be doing? What should we be drinking? How should we be measuring it? How important is that? So, I mean, I mean, you're in the water industry. So, um, I mean, obviously it, it's extremely important. Um, and it actually is. So, um, to get more into that, my recommendation on, you know, how much water you should drink per day, I tell any, anyone, I'm not, not a nutritionist, so I'm not technically allowed to give nutritional, you know, I can do nutritional guidance. So this is just a conversation. You're not no, advising. No, no, but, but I'm saying like, theoretically, like when I'm talking to patients, okay. um, I don't tell them, hey, you need to do this, 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 but that's a general guideline recommendation. So um, like ha half your body weight in ounces of water. So for me, I'm around like 204 pounds, so 102 ounces. Oddly enough, that's what this article said, half your body weight in ounces yeah. of water. Like I had a lady come in the other day and she was saying that, just to guess, she probably weighed like 185 pounds. And she was like, yeah, I've been you know, drinking my amount of water per day. I've been drinking, you know, 60 ounces a day, like the 320 ounce bottle. And I'm like, yeah, you probably need a little bit more than that. So, but it's super important. You know, it, it's one of the fuels for our body to keep the, the cells running and running efficiently. So definitely very important. Can you drink too much water? I mean, if you're drinking more than your body weight in ounces of water, I don't think you need that much. I think that's a little overkill. Like the people that, that are, you know, like the bodybuilders out there and doing that intense training in there and the pro athletes. I mean, yeah, you probably need more. If you're, if you're sweating off that much water, you would need more than that. Maybe like three quarters of your body weight or, or, or your body weight, but you don't need to exceed that. I think for the normal average American that's doing general exercise and just throughout their day, it needs half their body weight in ounces. All right. So we talked about proper diet. We talked about making sure we drink enough water. Let me ask, is any liquid counted as water? Let's say I'm drinking half my body weight in Atlanta's favorite beverage, Coca-Cola. Does that count as my water intake? Am I allowed to say hell no? <laughs> Can I cuss on this podcast? <laughs> no, of course not. I know somebody has that question. And it's a liquid, so a liquid and a liquid. Why doesn't that count? But no, it makes sense. No, I, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's okay to indulge in that every once in a while. But I mean, typically, I mean, for, for me personally, um, you know, I... I stick to, I mean, except for the sweet tea we, we had at lunch, which was way too sweet. But, um, you know, I stick to water and just black coffee. I mean, maybe, maybe a Gatorade every once in a while after you're working out, but other than that. All right, so eat right, make sure you're hydrated with water. Let's talk about stretching. What kind of stretching? Do you advise stretching before we start the workday? That, that's a question that, that I get a lot, like almost every day, every other day in the clinic. If you're not going to be doing that, you know, anything besides just, you know, walking or general movement, and you actually have to do some, some lifting, especially something, you know, over, you know, 20, 30 pounds, you know, when you're starting to get a little bit heavier, uh, I think it's definitely important to have some, just some good stretches in your belt to do. Um, so I think it's a good idea to stretch before you go to work. You know, it wouldn't even hurt to, to maybe do some like, like plank exercises if you're able to, if you don't have any previous injuries with your back or your shoulders. Um, but just some general low back stretches, mid back stretches and neck stretches. Cause I mean, nothing's really going to happen at your ankle and, and knee when you're doing lifting, unless you're just having really bad form It's more just in your entire spine itself. So, um, I definitely recommend some like mid back stretches, neck stretches and low back stretches. Now for somebody that's going to have an office day, I know we hear about, uh, issues like carpal tunnel and, and different, 
uh, issues like that, should they be doing anything as far as stretching? Yeah, again, th- that's a great question, Trace. So what I tell everyone or majority of people, if, if they're going to have a job where you're sitting all day long, um, you want to have at least once an hour, just get up and kind of either go from sitting down to standing up and alternate hours that way. If you have a standing up desk, if not, at least get up once an hour. And it honestly doesn't have to be anything super specific. Just get up and move and do some type of stretching, whether whether it's at your wrist or at your neck or mid back or low back, it, anything. Just get up and and move. It's it's when we get into trouble is when we're stuck all day, just our neck tilted forward, our shoulders rounded forward, and our back you know being pulled on you know all day long, and we're sitting like that for four, six, eight, ten hours. That's where people get into trouble. Um, also to answer the question about car- carpal tunnel specifically, if you're, I know it's kind of hard to see because we're podcasting here and I have no video, but you know, I, I recommend to have it, you know, to where your elbows and wrists are at 90 degrees and you're not like way down below the desk and have your wrist extended up. Um, and also if you're too high, that can be an issue as well. So you want to make sure your, your shoulder and elbow are, and wrist are at 90, like a 90 degree angle like this and not like way up high. So. Would you say that our body has built-in warning signs that if we feel the first sign of discomfort, that's we're doing something wrong? Our body does like to give us some warning signs. I wouldn't take that as necessarily a bad thing. If you start to feel, you know, like you start to feel some soreness, some achiness, maybe a little bit of like, you know, tingling in, in, in different areas. If that happens, you're probably, you probably are sitting in one area for too long without moving is usually the case. I wouldn't take it as necessarily a bad thing that you need to go see a medical professional about it. A lot of our our body will is very good at adapting. It's, I mean, our body is incredible. So it's usually good at adapting. If that persists for more than a week or two, that's where you got to start looking and say, okay, especially if it starts to progress and get worse. That, that's the warning side you need to go, okay, maybe I need to either adjust what I'm doing adjust my positioning. And then, you know, if you, if you do those steps and it continues past that for longer than a month, that's when it's like, okay, I, I need to go see someone that's sitting getting better. All right. So making sure we're eating right, we're drinking our water, we're doing some stretching. Let's talk about some exercises. What are some good exercises that people in this industry should be doing on a regular routine? So it is a little bit difficult because we are on, on just audio here. Um, so I, so I can't show people specifically but this might be kind of a boring answer to this question, but there isn't, there isn't like a magic exercise out there that's going to, going to, to fix everything or you know, the greatest exercise out there for your core, the greatest exercise out there for your back. If you start to see someone advertise that somewhere, I'd probably stay away from there. So if you're going to be doing, you know, lifting these 50, 60 gallon pails all day, I'm a big fan of doing like functional movement, you know? I'm not going to have, you know, someone who's, you know, lifting these pails all day. I'm not going to have them do like some like ankle stretching exercises because they're not, they're not, you know, working that all day long. I'm going to have them do stuff where they're as simply enough doing what they do all day, a functional exercise. So I'm going to have them do like, whether it's like, you know, a Romanian deadlift, doing squatting, whether it's starting, you know, we're all starting at, you know, body weight and then working your way up from that and just adding resistance because, you know, if you can do those movements that basically simulate what you're doing throughout the day, that's all you need to do if from, from a work perspective. Now, I mean, if you're trying to just do, do general exercise, that, that's a kind of a different 
side story. But does that answer the question? I think so, but it, it struck another question. Yeah. So now somebody who's diligent, they have a regular exercise routine. They're doing uh, cardiovascular, they're doing core, they're doing legs, arms, back, all that stuff. Are they pretty much set? Have they already done the exercises they need to keep themselves safe in the workplace? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say if you're doing a good you know, three to five days a week, and maybe if you're even bold doing six, seven days a week, I personally think that's too much, but maybe three to five days a week of strength training. And I'm, I'm not talking like you're just going and lifting like super lightweights. I'm talking like you're starting to lift a little bit heavier weight. Cause I mean, that's what you're doing at your job. Yeah. I mean, I would say you're, you're covered from a resistance or strength training perspective. I think the only thing you need, need to do for someone in, in this type of field in this workplace would be just to be do more like stretching, you know, at home or even before before you go to the gym or after the gym or something like that. That'd be the only thing you do. I think you're you're perfectly fine just doing your strength training at the gym. What are some of the most common injuries that you see in your practice? A lot of knees, shoulders, necks, and backs. I mean, there are the occasional, you know, I mean, like I said, we see everything, but um, those are those are probably the most common ones. When it comes to like neck and low back, I mean, some of it's car accidents. There's a, there's a variety. Some of it's car accidents. Some of it's just, you know, getting older and age, like you woke up, you got a crick in your neck or, you know, pulled muscle in your back or whatever. Um, some people have like stenosis in their back and just some degenerating disc in their back. Just a lot of stuff can happen over time from just poor mechanics, poor lifting, not getting enough activity. So that's why it's, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, that's why it's super important just to like to get on the forefront forefront of it and just get ahead of it and make sure you're staying active, staying healthy and not taking too long of a period off. When I, when I say long period, I mean like, you know, years without exercising. Like it's, it's super important to, we only get one body, you know, you know, one life. Like when I used to swim and the last time I've been in the pool is five years ago. Yeah. That was, that started with one day off. So I need to get back in the pool. So I shouldn't have told you that because you're going to hold me responsible to that. Anyway, we're going to move past that. So somebody uh, is inspired by this podcast, uh, and, and let's face it, we're coming up on a new year. Hopefully, it's going to be a lot better than the previous year, and a lot of people's goals are, I want to get in shape. I want to lose weight. I want to gain muscle. What's the right and wrong way to do that? Great question. Now, I've been through this myself, and, and so I'm a big believer in, you know, if, if someone hasn't been through it, or because I mean, I've been through all the stuff I'm telling you is either from personal experience or what I see every day at work, or like we're talking about the, the weight loss and, and gain muscle is through my own experiences. So, you know, getting started the new year, we're all trying, you know, everyone tries to um, you know, go out and go hit the gym and try to be consistent with it. The, the biggest thing with, you know, not only starting that, but also continuing it and not dropping off after a month, like a lot of people do is like we talked about before when we were at lunch earlier is just making sure that you find something that works for you just like the same thing same answers as the diet question N not everyone's going to be able to be on their own at home they're not going to have the equipment at home to do it so they may need to go somewhere not everyone can work out by themselves they got to have like a group of people that are kind of motivate them to, to exercise or if you have a good accountability partner maybe like your significant other um, that, that's, that's a good way to do it as well, but you have to find experiment with different ways on what works best for you. For me, you know, the gym I go to currently, there's like group classes and group training. So like 
I know that if I don't go, they'll be like, Hey, Andrew, where were you at? I'm like, Oh shoot. Like, I guess I, I guess I better show up to work out next week or be consistent or else they're going to be asking like, Hey, where were you at? So if you have to go out and get a personal trainer and do that consistently, and that's what works for you, then go for it. In our industry, we're always on the go. We're always working. And I know more people would do the things that we were talking about today, but they just simply don't have the time. What do you say to them? So I was reading this, uh, was it an article or a book or something? Or maybe it was a, even a post on Facebook a friend of mine made a long time ago. It was saying something about if you break down like the, the minutes of like your life and the minutes per day, 30 minutes a day exercising, you're spending like, what was it like 1.2% of your life exercising? It's like, or it's some, something like that. Or maybe it added up the total number of hours. And I was like, oh, really? That's it? So like, it really doesn't take, you don't have to be at the gym for two or three hours. By golly, if you have that time, go for it. I'm not one of those people, but all, all you need is 20 to 45 minutes of just moderate to you know difficult exercise, strenuous exercise. So whether it's, you know, Biking, running, swimming, hiking, you know, it, it's always good to switch it up. So, you know, if, if you, if you're the kind that can go home and have like a 20, 30 minute workout DVD and you do it by yourself or with, you know, family member or a spouse or something, you know, it, it, you don't have to work out for longer than 45 minutes, as long as you're, you know, doing it at moderate intensity. You know, if you're just walking, like you need more than that to have some, some more burn more calories and more fat loss. Is the key to working out heart rate or time? What what do you, should we be looking at? <laughs> so it's 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 a it's a number of things. Yeah, I mean you want to you want to get your heart rate up. You know you want to be working at you know like sixty to seventy percent, um, uh, preferably like sixty percent of your like max heart rate and kind of keeping it there is is what the um, what the experts say. So um, heart rate's one of them. You know you, it's it's always good to have whether it's in, in, in the same day or in like every other day um, to have some sort of resistance training. Um, I think it's always good to have a little bit of cardiovascular and resistance training, whether it's in the same day or back-to-back days. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't, ha- doesn't have to be a super long period of time. And a lot of people think that, you know, I don't, I don't have an hour to go do that. So that's where you got to find what works for you. Um, my, my stepdad is a builder and I mean, he drives in, well, now he drives an hour to work every day. So you got to imagine, you know, just like you, he runs his own business. So he's working eight, 10 hours a day, hour, hour driving there, hour drive back. Okay. That's 12 hours. You sleep, you know, seven, seven hours. Okay. So there's minimal time with family and that at home. So he gets up whatever, what works for him. It doesn't work for me, but he gets up at, you know, four in the morning, works out for 45 minutes and he's gone, showers and gone. So that works for him. You mentioned sleep. How important is sleep in a good body? Sleep is very important. There are there are some people that I've gotten to know that can get away with, you know, three to five hour, three to five hours of sleep. Not very many people can function like that, at least consistently. So, you know, I'd recommend definitely in that seven to nine hour range. Um, nine's a little bit too much for me, but you know, like I'd recommend seven to nine. Um, you don't necessarily have to get eight hours of sleep, but it it really does not not so much in the short term, but in the long term. You know, the longer you do it, that you're operating on. You know, especially if you start getting less than six hours of sleep, 
that's where it really starts to like impact you over the long term. So sleep's sleep's huge. And I'm sure a lot of people are hearing the message that you're giving to the Scaling Up Nation, and they're going to try to improve their exercise routines. That probably means they're going to try some new things that maybe they're not used to. So in trying to improve themselves, inevitably, they might lift something wrong, their form might be wrong, they might get hurt. What advice do you have for us about that issue? Yeah, so with... COVID-19 and everything going on, we've seen a lot of that, even more than normal, because people are either, they now have more time, well, now we're starting to get back into the groove of things, but um, you know, in the beginning, everyone's quarantined, quote unquote, at home, so they're not, kids aren't playing sports, and then people have more time at home, so people are like, let me start this new exercise routine, even though the gyms aren't open, or like when the kids start to go back to sports, and they haven't played in a period of time. So a lot of injuries happened during that time where people had those changes. So someone who is trying to make a change and trying to get active and stay healthy, um, starting a new exercise routine, my advice to you is if you go out and happen to, to injure yourself or hurt yourself in any way, it's normal to feel, when you start an exercise routine, it's normal to feel a lot of achiness and soreness like muscle soreness from working out. So you don't need to be alarmed of that. But when you start to get like, you know, burning pain, sharp pain, shooting pain, pain, especially when you're sleeping, that's that's not muscle soreness usually. So when you start to get that stuff, that's where you know, okay, I, I'm either doing like 95% of the time, it's you're doing too much too soon rather than like you're doing it improperly. I mean, some people are doing it improperly, but usually it's like you you increased the resistance too much too soon or you worked out too long or too quickly. You just got into that routine too too quickly. So that that's the advice advice I'd give you give someone is just to to make sure that you ease into the workout. So for example, you know, your back's getting better now and you know, you said you were saying you haven't like worked out in a little bit. So my advice to you, just for like for the listeners, when you go back and start to work out again. Don't go in and be hitting the gym for an hour and a half and be hitting weights and machines and doing all this stuff because you're going to come out and be like, I think I hurt my back again. Even though you, you probably didn't, and it'll just be like a temporarily temporary pain or, or soreness that'll last for a while. But you need to like ease back into it and start off with even just a day or two a week and then go to two or three days a week and go up that way. So be very realistic when we start a new routine. Yeah, and and know that things, you know, if you were working out regularly before and, and you were used to that, um, like when you add an injury into it, it it's almost like you, you haven't worked out like in a year and your muscles are like, whoa, like we haven't worked, we haven't moved that way in a while. So yeah, you, you need to, have, at least for the time being, like, you know, lower the expectations, ease into it. So if you only got one point across to the scaling up nation today, what would you want that point to be? Like I was saying before, you know, we only have one body. I see so many people every single day that, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I mean, it could be, it could be 18, that could be 80 years old. I, I wish I was just smarter about, I didn't drive that fast and, you know, get an accident or I didn't, you know, wasn't just pushing through the pain when I was working out or you got to listen to your body. You got to be smart about how you move. You don't have to be fearful about how you move. You don't have to think, oh, well, this guy on the podcast said I have to move this exact way. You don't need to get it all in your head. Just just be smart about it. You know, listen to your body. If you start to feel anything more than like, you know, muscle soreness, discomfort, don't just ignore it and think, you know, okay, it's going to go away. If it doesn't go away within, you know, a month or two, you probably need to do something about it. 
or go see someone about it, at least after you attempt to do some stuff on your own at home or stretching or stuff like that at home. But one body, man, got to take care of it. Got to take care of this, this masterpiece, this machine. Well, I, I think we've helped a lot of people today. So I appreciate all the advice you've given. Uh, if somebody does want to learn more about what you're talking about, do you have any resources that you would recommend? Oh, we might have to put those in the show notes. I could give you a, a lot of resources. I don't have any off the top of my head, man. I'm going right. to have to give those to you after. Okay, so look at the show notes. They'll yeah. be there. Fair enough. So now I've got some lightning round questions for you. So you've done very well up to this point. Now the point values are double. So it's anybody's game. Oh, I passed the test. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I ask these of all my guests. So uh, you now have the ability to go back in time and visit your former self on your first day as a doctor of physical therapy. What advice would you give yourself? So as a, as a physical therapist specifically, in my job, you know, like, I'm passionate about getting people better. I'm passionate about helping people seeing the change and the transformation that they make in physical therapy, like going from, you know, being in a wheelchair to walking without anything. And it's all the crazy success stories. But just, you know, I've learned that some advice I would give myself is to know that you can't help everyone. Some people don't want to either. There's several factors. They don't want to help themselves. Some stuff eventually ends up needing surgery, like for particular conditions that I just can't help. So that that's the advice I give myself. Well, I remember when we first started and I asked you what exercises I should be doing at home. Mm -hmm. And and you said, wow, most people don't do anything at home. Just, just do these one things once a day uh, because your experience was people didn't do them at home. Yeah. I, I don't like to overwhelm my patients and give them, you know, 20 different things to do at home. Honestly, if you're doing five to seven different exercises at home and you're doing them consistently and, and updating them and stuff as they get better, then that's all you need. You don't need to do 20 different things at home. What are the last few books that you've read? So um, I read that, that E-Myth book. That, that was one of them that I read. And we were talking about that at lunch, uh, the, about the entrepreneur and things that people need to know if they're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur. So I, I've read that. I read um, the 10 Habits of Successful People. Oh, the 7 Habits of Highly Successful seven People? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, One of my favorite books. Oh, and then what's that, what's that book? I'm not a big reader, man. I'm really not. I only like reading stuff like that. Like, and I read a book by um, Tim Tebow. I can't remember the name of it. So when Hollywood finds out about your life, they're sure to write a script. Who plays you? Like what, what famous actor yeah. plays me? Steve Martin, maybe? Interesting answer. I, why, why Steve Martin? I don't know. I'm, I mean, it's just, I mean, there, I could have thought of so many different people, but it's the first one that came to my head. Because I don't know, like when I watch his movies, I just, I mean, it makes me laugh. He's just a goofy guy. I, you know, like a dad. I, I just try to be funny. Just have a good time. Like, you know, I, I like to be serious in the clinic, but also joke around and know that like we're all human beings and, you know, um, just, and just being kind to other people. Last question. You now have the ability to go back in time, talk to anybody throughout history, even present day. Who would you choose to talk to? Probably FDR. What would you ask? Just, you know, how can you be a good person? How can you be a better person, you know, going from today and on? 
Well, awesome. Well, I think you've helped a lot of people become better in their bodies today. So I want to thank you for coming on Scaling Up H2O and being an awesome guest. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Well, Nation, again, let's face it. If your body is not able to do the things that it needs to do, you're not going to be able to do the things that you need to do. So uh, I love the quote by Dr. Stephen Covey, when people say they don't have time to exercise, to eat right, to, to do whatever. And he said, that's exactly like being too busy driving to take time to get gas. And just think, that just makes sense, doesn't it? If we're too busy driving, eventually we're going to run out of gas. What a great metaphor to apply to our bodies. Now, no stranger, if you're a member of the Scaling Up Nation, that I talk a lot about the seven habits of highly effective people. It is, above all, my favorite book out there. And the seventh habit is the habit that really circles all the other habits. And it's the habit of self. And, and I couldn't help but thinking when Andrew was talking that this is really the, the seventh habit of the seven habits of highly effective people. So if you look at this, the seventh habit, there's four little categories in it. It's physical, social, emotional, mental, and spiritual. So the first one, physical, folks, if we're not taking care of ourselves, we can't take care of anybody else. So, so just remember that. And that's the, all of these, we're too busy driving to take time to get gas. So physically, what are we doing to take care of ourselves? Socially and emotionally, what are we doing to take care of ourselves? Folks, we are wired to be with other people. Now, we need to make sure that the other people that we're being with are people that are propelling us upward people that are driving us to, to do more than what we're doing, to be better than what we are in, in exchange, we should be doing the same things for them. I will also say, does social mean social media? Well, I think it can, but nothing takes the place of getting together with other people. I will also say there is a very dangerous spiral to social media, especially with everything that's going on right now. People can get in a trap and, and even really upset themselves at a screen. Folks, it's a screen. And I'm, I'm not going to get on a soapbox for too long now, but I, I have to say, you know, some of the things that are said on social media, do they need to be said? And the way you read things on social media do you need to read them that way? So we're very sensitive right now. We have been for a while. It, it, it's very electric on social media. Some people have just said, hey, I'm not going to do it. I'm going I'm to turn it off. But I want you to realize that there is a person on the other side of that comment. And it's okay if they disagree with the way that you think. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, that's how we get synergy. If we both agree that we're going to see something differently and we can get past that, but we can figure out amongst ourselves that there are valid parts to each argument, we can put those two parts together. And now those two parts are bigger than what they were separately by themselves. So ju just think about that for a second and use social media in a positive way. 
And the next time you see something that really upsets you and you want to put that scathing reply back, I want to ask you, scroll on past it. Think about it for a while. Don't think about it. Don't, if it really upsets you, don't let it occupy your headspace. You know, you're the one that chooses to make yourself upset with that. That person makes me so upset. Guess what? No, you made the choice to make that comment make you upset. So I ask you to get over and above that and, and move on and do something healthy with that. Okay, I'm off the soapbox now. We'll talk more about social emotional. So what are you doing with your friend circle? What are you doing socially and emotionally to make sure that you're building that area of yourself? All right, the next one uh, of the seventh habit is mental. Let's face it, what we know today is going to be less valuable tomorrow because there's more information tomorrow and the next day, even more information. If we're not continually challenging our minds, we're not keeping up with what's out there. And let's face it, other people, if uh, we're in the same line for a job and somebody has kept up on information and somebody hasn't, well, which one's more attractive? So, and it's one day at a time. I think listening to, to podcasts ha has really helped me, listening to, to books and reading books and uh, all the different things that I try to do to put myself in situations to force myself to learn something allows me to work on this. So think about it. What, what are you doing to make sure that your knowledge is increasing? All right, so the last category is spiritual. And folks, I'm going to be honest. A lot of people take that term to mean different things, and that's okay. How do you define the word spiritual? And then what are you doing to make sure that you are developing that? So there it is. Those are the four dimensions of ourselves all wrapped up in number seven habit. So physical, social, emotional, mental, and spiritual. I hope what you heard today inspired you to, to do something a little bit different to really take care of yourself. And now you've got some down-to-earth ways that uh, Andrew shared with us that you can focus on. I mentioned mental with the seven habits of highly effective people and the seventh habit. And our friend James McDonald is helping us out with that section each and every week. So here is another installment of James's challenge. Hello, Scaling Up Nation. It's time for another James's Challenge to help you grow as an industrial water treatment professional drop by drop. Let's get this show on the road. James's Challenge of the Week is... Update your LinkedIn profile to be a calling card for your prospect or customer versus just being a resume for your next job. The business world is connected online. I can tell you that I do not meet with a vendor without first looking them up on LinkedIn. I want to know how much experience they have, how long they have been with their current employer, what college they went to, if we have anything in common, are they involved in activities I find interesting, and more. There are many guides on the internet to help you out, plus I believe Trace may have covered the topic on his show before. Just keep it professional and leave out the more controversial items. Please share your experience on LinkedIn by tagging it with hashtag JC21 
That's JC for James's challenge. And hashtag ScalingUpH2O. This is James McDonald, and I look forward to seeing what you share. James, thanks again for that. Folks, I love seeing what you're posting on social media. I think that is helping with the social emotional part that we can see that we're all connected. We can see how others are doing this challenge. So please keep that up. The other thing I want you to keep up is listening to Scaling Up, and I will bring you another new episode next week. Have a great week, folks. Scaling Up Nation, I recently asked Rising Tide Mastermind member Mark Jewell and owner of JTEC what his company has benefited from him being a member of the Rising Tide Mastermind. Here's what he said. I don't think a week goes by, I don't tell somebody in my company. We just, we just talked about this at the Rising Tide Mastermind. <laughs> we just had this issue, someone had this issue and maybe we need to look at this within our own company. I uh, hadn't thought about this. Is this going to be an issue in a year? Is it going to be an issue as we grow our business? Um, every it's it's benefited everybody in the company. It's a subscription, and I'm happy to pay the money. Uh, I enjoy. I very much enjoy the meetings. Uh, I really enjoy solving the issues. Um, but it's not just me that it, it impacts. It impacts the company because I'm coming back from these meetings saying. This is what peers have have done to overcome issues, or these are issues that are going to come up that we have, we haven't even seen uh, realized on their they're on the horizon, uh, but we need to address them now. Nation, as you can see, not only will you benefit from being a member of the Rising Tide Mastermind, your entire company will benefit if you share the tools that we talk about within the group. To find out more about the Rising Tide Mastermind, you can go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind to read all about the group and apply and schedule an appointment with me where we can talk directly about how this group can help you and if this is the right group for you. Folks, I wanna let you know that if this is not the right group for you, it is not beneficial for me to add you as a member and to take your money. So we're gonna be very serious on both sides of this. I want you to make sure the group is right for you. I wanna make sure that you are right for the group. And if both of those things line up, I hope you are the next member of the Rising Tide Mastermind.